Listener Production. The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild course language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deek speaking. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Charlie Clawson and my guest this week, well, she's been on Fofop once before. You might also know her from her own podcast, Show and Tell, Katie Diamond. Welcome back to Fofop Studios, which oh, is thanks. of late been Show and Tell Studios. Yeah, yes. Well, I come in here and do my, mine as well. But you call me Katie, but no one really knows me as Katie. Oh, Monty. Monty. But I'm happy for you to is call me Katie. Is that your professional name? My professional name. Yeah, because I think, I, did I tell you last time when I started in radio, which is my Monty, background? yeah. There was Kate Langbrook on air, Kate uh, Ritchie on air, and I went to Albury and did like my radio apprenticeship and there was a Kate on air. So they're like, you've got to change your name. Right. And I'm like, well, my surname's Diamond. I've got one friend that calls me Diamonte Monty. So I went with Monty and it stuck 20 years later. So that one friend is responsible for your Ryan professional- Ryan Shelton, yes. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was so the only one. Isn't that interesting? Because I do wonder, like- Nicknames are one of those things where you can't give yourself a nickname, you but that's can't as close to giving yourself one a nickname. Like I think Osher Andrew G. That was that was based around um, I think more racism. <laughs> like, what, what? So what do you mean? Like, well, like he wasn't. He wasn't he, – Osh, there's a reason why he was Andrew G. I think maybe the Ginsburg – Oh, because it's really hard to pronounce his last name. Ginsburg. Was it really? Well, it was because it, once I said it wrong and he corrected me and in, in almost in a way that he wasn't very happy with me and I felt really bad. Oh, no, I think that's your own – Probably uh, my own shit, yeah. And people mispronounce my surname all the time and I never correct them. Mm, Clausen. Is the – well, that's not how I pronounce it. That's mm. But that's what I mean. Like Clausen is actually a, 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 the correct Danish – Yes. Pronunciation. Clawson is the anglicised version. But I reckon if, you, if, if you're if you Osh and, like, you're talking to Australians, more often than not they're going to say Gunsberg. Yeah, I say Gunsberg. But that's – I mean, I think you can't be precious about stuff like that, can I you? I agree because my surname's Diamond, but there's yeah. no A in it. People call you Dimond? All the time. <laughs> and I'll say, no, it's Diamond, but I'll go, it's Diamond without the A, the fake one. Do you know how many times I've said that yeah. in my life? And then they'll go, write it out, and they'll go, oh, you're Dimond. I'm like, no, it's fucking Diamond. I know how to say my last name. I've got name. a brother, Matthew, who only uh, has one T. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. So but, he has to spell it every time. Yeah, and and but it's, it's also like – I figure I've never asked him on this, but I, I'd assume that 90% of correspondence, like when he's giving his name to someone over the phone or whatever, would come through with a double T. It would, but you just let it go. Or would you specify Matthew with one T? We, legal, on the legal things you'd have to. Well, no, I'd just let like it go. in general, if you're just signing up for some, I don't know, subscription service or whatever, and they send you the wrong, would you bother changing it? Nah, no, no way. So half the time I don't even say it now. I'm so sick of it. Oh, so you'll get di- so you get diamond D-I- yeah. DIA all the and time. And people be like, "That's a great surname." I'm like, "Thank you." That must trip you up though, with some kind of uh, like you know how banks now they have that heavy kind of like ID security where they check every. I just got a because I've been almost scammed many times. Oh my with, god, me too. With fake Commonwealth yeah. Bank links, and they sent me one saying, "Hey, we need to." Um, 
you need to validate your ID. And I'm like, oh, you're not going to catch me again, yeah. you goddamn no, scammers. You and it's like, we just need this, we need that, we need, and we need your driver's license. And so I was on the website reporting a scam and then I read through and it's like, you know, we may contact you from time to time through our secure app saying that we need to update your details. And I guess this is one of their, you know, the next step of sort of security is I had to put in like every detail of my driver's license, the card number, the license number, like the, everything about it. And I thought, this feels like an awful lot of information. specific information to totally. put when we've just had data leaks. Yeah, you know? I know what you mean. You know what? Like ages ago before it was rife with people scamming, I got one through to my Hotmail, so years and years <laughs> yeah. ago, and it was like, you, I forget what the actual scam was, but I remember walking out to Sam, my partner, your mate after it and going, oh, my God, I just wrote back, fuck off because I've had <laughs> enough of them. And he's like, no, you didn't. I didn't realise that how it all worked. Anyway, they got in to everything, everything. Everything that they could hack into of mine. Oh, so even though they you got wrote back, into, fuck off, the fact that you'd replied. The was, all they want to know is there's someone else on the other line. But I'm like, I'm sick of these idiots sending me spam and trying to scam me. Now, fuck off. You're not going to scam me. So next how, minute. How did that, do you know how that worked then? How were they able to use oh, your reply to get access? I don't know. I guess because access? then they can oh, mate, link the IP know. address or validate the IP address or that's something That's very like technical that. and that's not you or I right there. No, but I'm surprised because I would have thought they, because when I got scammed, it was, um, I got sent a text saying, oh, fail, you know, this pa- payment has failed to go on through, which often happens because sometimes I forget to, like I put most of my money in the mortgage account, but yeah. occasionally I'll have some in my personal account for like, you know, whatever. So I got this text and, you know, I had Iona just picked up from daycare. We just pulled into the driveway and I'm like, I'll just take care of this. And I was distracted and I was sort of halfway through inputting some details when I'm like, hang on, let me just – and it was like Commonwealth Bank spelt with a K or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, There's always a little really slip obvious. up like that, totally. And so I had to go through the whole – I had to call, you know, their scan department and they said, oh, you didn't give them – you didn't like send the information, so that's mm. good, but you did click on their tab. So potentially your phone is compromised or the information on your phone is compromised. So we had to do a whole – I had to like change all my passwords. Do the professional clean of it all. Clean of it all. And I'm like, if they were hoping to download some nudes, they're going to be sadly disappointed. Wouldn't they be so spewing if they tapped into our nudes? Mine would just be like droopy boobs with some milk hanging off it from five years ago. They'd be like ripped off. There's no – there's zero nudes. There's like – Have you ever sent a DP? No. No, I mean, but we, I've been in a relationship for 20 years. Did and you there, ever there was send not one camera to phones. No, I think maybe I've sent her like a shirtless pic or something like that. Really? Even that yeah. embarrasses me. But not like, well, I mean. Because you're the, standing there thinking you look a bit sexy and then you're like, I'm going to send think this I to did, her. I did, but I got no response. So yeah, that, that quickly ended, ended, ended that. I would, mm, there is not one part of me that would be interested besides a giggle. Receiving a picture yeah, but of I think somebody's that's the point of it, pain. Right? No way. People send them like raging boners and stuff oh, to no. be hot. I'm sure. Like, here's the thing. I, I got some advice from a girlfriend. Well, it's not not advice because it wasn't like I was contemplating sending a uh, dick. Here we go. But she framed it for me in a way. Like, I've always assumed that. I mean, dicks are gross to They're look gross. at. Just like objectively, aesthetically. I just feel like the things in your pants should just maybe stay in your pants. They're well, not attractive. Well, what she said to me is that look. Dicks are gross. Gross. But then you find a dick you like and it's a great dick. Right. And I'm like, oh, 
Okay, that makes sense. Right. But the idea of an unsolicited dick pic. It's, it's like, not on. I imagine it's like being sent like a photo of a spanner. It's like this is just weirdly shaped no, and odd. No, it's being given a punch in the face. That's what it is because right. it will rock you to your core if you're just sitting at coffee and then all of a sudden there's just, a, you know, I that. Think, I think there is also, though, we are of a generation where, like, yeah. there is a younger generation where sexting and stuff is much more it's- – common and assumed and part of the – look, I'm talking like with someone absolutely no knowledge, Mm. but I'm assuming that that is part of the kind of like, you know, like online dating, Tinder apps, that kind of stuff is send nudes, let's be sexy and blah, blah, blah. Totally. I've got some friends who've got teenage daughters Mm. and they're like, whatever you do, because it's not a matter of if they're going to send one, they're going to send one, but it's like don't put your face in those photos. It's just the way it is now. It is totally younger kids just send all sexy kind of stuff to each other. Well, I'm amazed that even this day and age – like celebrities will still, you know, like Snapchat them doing lines of coke and stuff. And yeah. like, like the idea that, you know, things on the internet don't last forever. People haven't got the memo on that. Like yeah. I, I find that so odd yes. that anyone would get caught like that Collingwood footballer. I know he was filmed without his consent, but you're in a pub. I don't know. The, what's this guy? So there was a, a footballer, a place of Collingwood, which is obviously like the biggest club in Victoria. And yeah. he was – he went to the toilets to do something and he was filmed by someone. They went over the cubicle. Oh. And, like, there was a lot of rightful kind of, like, that's disgraceful and invasion of privacy and mm. blah, blah, blah. But you'd think the common sense of I'm a pretty well-known person. Yeah. And I'm in this pub. There's punters everywhere that you would be kind of risk adverse in the era. I mean, totally. And I say this as someone who, thank God, did not grow up with camera phones like when yeah. I was in my early 20s. Oh, my gosh. I know. Imagine. Because you would think there'd be some things you would do that you think, yeah, this is this is funny, this is great, and then later on it's going to bite you in the ass. But that for that guy, I feel sorry for him, but also at the same time, yeah, have your wits about you a bit more, I reckon. Yeah. Like I, you just can't. Go to someone's house. Yeah, but even then, like there's camera phones everywhere. Yeah. Like I think it's in a weird way – there's a clip went up today of Chris Brown concert and it's mm. he pulls a woman onto stage and he does like a sexy dance for her. Like it's one of his bits. Right. And she's kind of like, you know, she's getting this lap dance from Chris Brown and then she pulls out her phone and she's taking like oh, a selfie it. right. while it's happening and he just grabs her phone and throws it into the crowd. Now, right. look, there's a lot of issues with Chris Brown <laughs> yeah, on the throwing of the my phone. My first thing is how is that? Guy touring and people going to his show. Do we remember that he you, he beat up Rihanna? Yeah, I just get sh- constantly shocked about these blokes that just continually get more and more gigs and fall from grace for you know a couple of months, and then now he's making millions off people wa- wanting to watch him dance. Are we talking about cancel culture's gone crazy? Yeah. It's all cancel no, culture. No, fuck you, fucking. You deserve that. She no, it, that. it is weird though that there is a. I'm, I'm always amazed when it's someone like that, like an R. Kelly or a Michael Jackson or you know any of these guys where there's real like Chris Brown. There was like evidence it happened. You know yeah. he admitted it. And like and then AFL players like Wayne Carey and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what is these monkeys doing on the TV? Like there are other people that could do this gig. I think that there is a weird kind of insulation that fame gives you to an extent. Like I think that you know people who say cancel culture doesn't exist or you know cancel culture has gone too far. I think they're both wrong. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I think people definitely do. There is more uh, people get held to account for their actions more than they used to. Totally. But I don't think it is the 
end of anyone's career necessarily. Like, you know, Louis C.K. won a Grammy, you know, like only three years after what happened with him. And so I'm not necessarily of the belief that, you know, people should be erased from existence. You know, I think if someone goes about seeking to amend for their wrongs and, you know, it shows kind of regret and whatever, then there should be a path back. I agree. It shouldn't be like, that's it, you were completely done and dusted. I think if it's multiple times and it's so unbelievable like you know in the situations that have been made really public with Chris Brown it's like I don't necessarily think he and I think he didn't show enough contrition is the issue with him is that like he sort of there was an apology and a guilty plea or whatever Mm. but then it's like but don't ask me about it but I think if you're really going to own up to what you did Every time you are pushed on that, rather than getting your back up and saying, I'm sick of answering this, if you're truly taking account for your actions and you're like, yeah, you know what? It was a fucking terrible thing I did. I'm going to live with that regret the rest of my life. You know, from now on, I'm, you know, I I donate to like women's refuges or whatever it is. Totally. Say what you've done. Be remorseful. Yeah, but don't don't dodge it. Like I think that the the wimpy way out of it is to say, I will apologize for this short period of time, but after that it's... I'm done. Off limits. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't think that is true contrition. If you cheat on your partner mm. and they, you know, take you back, it's not like, you know, next yeah. fight you have, you say, hey, you, you can't bring that up. Yeah. Like, no, you have to yeah. say, yeah, you're right. I fucking, no. you know, I'm sorry. I, I, that's something that you have to live with. It is. It's so interesting though, isn't it? Because you are right. Like it's, if if you do, some people do fuck up and then can be completely cancelled and it's like, that's just too rough. Like they they are very, it's, I just, because it's happening quite a lot in music at the moment with bands being pulled from headlines. I don't mm. know the name of the band. Sticky so, Fingers. Sticky Fingers. There you go. Um, And it's, it's just, you know, it's one where I can really see both sides. Mm. Um, but again, with that, well, look, and again, I'm not an expert on this particular subject, but my understanding of that situation, again, comes down to the contrition factor. So when the allegations of abuse and stuff were first made public, mm. the band doubled down and they right. didn't they didn't take ownership for it. In fact, they kind of went more on the offensive and then encouraged their fans to kind of defend them. And uh, so okay, yeah, I right. think that's why there's been this lingering kind of bitterness is that sure, like, you know, the dude may have gone into rehab and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but there is still was not responsibility taken for it. And I think that's what people want is like actual show yeah, genuine to hear that contrition. You are remorse. And I shouldn't have even brought up that example because I don't know enough about it. But at the same time, I – yeah, because I was ta- – I've just taken – this is why people should never tell me shit because then I just regurgitate it and but I'm always what, like – Welcome to – Don't talk to me unless you're really factual because I will <laughs> spill it out to lots of people and I look like an absolute mongrel. It just, doesn't stop anyone else. I don't know why you yeah, should suddenly feel hamstrung by not having Anyway, I'm not going to talk about Sticky Fingers. Just the band Sticky – the name Sticky Fingers is – Yeah, it's gross. It's, I mean, I think there is a general kind of like – it's years and years of people sort of having issues with them, which is sort of come to a flashpoint. But, you know, I think the way that Blues Fest... So what Fest, is it, Blues Fest? They've yeah. been pulled from Blues Fest because yeah. other bands are refusing to be on the same... Other, other bands have kind of left the bill. and it's But it was also the way in which Blues Fest handled the PR fallout because they went again, not sort of on the offensive. They basically said, which is a reasonable point of view in isolation, which is like, look... The member of the band who had the issues was quite open about his mental health struggles and has been through rehab and sought help and, you know, we should be forgiving and forgetting, which in isolation is an understandable sentiment. But I think it's the context in which all that stuff happened and the issues that people have 
uh, longer running than just this one incident. If right. it was a one-off, one in- yeah, one in- someone yeah. apologised and had been apologetic or, you know, at least kind of made amends in, a, in some kind of active way mm. – that people, I live in fear that I'll have to come out and do a public apology at some uh, point. Because well, I look back, like, because I started in radio when things were still pretty, like there was a, it was still really quite, enter, you know, big time entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like there was bucket loads of money that the breakfast stars were getting, which they still do, obviously, you Carl and Jackie O's and stuff get so much money. But it was really it was cool. It was a really cool industry to be in back yeah. then. And, you know, there'd be in certain offices, you know, cocaine would be happening and that kind of stuff. And it kind of phased out when I started there. Yeah. But because that you were the knack. Like you walk in, everyone's like, oh, no. Oh, Fun he's times a are straighty right 180. Yeah. It is like that though, isn't it? Because I don't touch anything. I am so straighty 180. I just walk into a room Party's and it's silent, Monty's staring. Here. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, uh. Let's I talk about our feelings. Yeah, and I think of the stuff that used to happen. Like there used to be a guy in sales who on Fridays would do bouncy-wouncy where the other – Women in the office would sit on his knee and oh he would bounce God. his leg and they'd have a chat. Come on, who's doing bouncy wouncy? Jesus Christ. I had a boss that used to call us all pussy cats. Oh God. Like, but I know it sounds really messed up, but then it was just not. Yeah. It was at a time where it was really different. And the girls would voluntarily go and sit on bouncy wouncy. Yeah. Like it's so messed up. And you go, you think back then in especially as a bloke, well, mainly mm. as a bloke, you go, oh my God, what shit did I do then was actually acceptable that could because apparently yeah. there's all of these um, stories coming together about the radio industry that are gonna come oh, out yeah, and that's a lot. Right. A lot of people are going yeah. to have to make apologies. Is that the thing that Jessica Rowe has been working on? I'm not on, quite sure, but I would be shitting myself if I was a man in um Well, I mean, I think when Me Too happened, it did force a lot of guys, you know, and a lot of guys who sort of see themselves as like either feminists or at least, you know, allies or whatever to re-examine their behaviour. I know it did for me personally mm. where oh, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, there's been situations in which, you know, um, there's been a power imbalance, you know, maybe you're in a room with all men and, you know, less mm-hmm. women or one woman and the conversation goes in a certain way which you don't consider or how that would be affecting yeah. that one person in yeah. the room or the way you interact with women or the assumptions you made about them. I mean, I think, you know, there was a mo- – it did give you a moment in time to really honestly go back and consider your approach. Yeah. I-, I did think of a, a work – I had a workplace once where – a guy w- lost his job for inappropriate, you know, um, uh, wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't assault or anything, but it was more about just comments and things like that, but, you know, inappropriate behaviour. And it was interesting because the girl who made the complaint, she was so conflicted about it and she mm. didn't want to have to make the complaint, but she'd sort of reached her, her you know, her um, threshold. T- threshold. Mm-hmm. She made the complaint and she didn't know that he was going to lose his job. She was just making a complaint to the bosses and then this guy ended up losing his job. And it was really interesting afterwards because – a lot of people were like, most people were very supportive of her and were like, you know, it wasn't just women, it was men who felt bullied by this guy as well. But some of the older women at work were like, oh, God, girls these days are so thin-skinned. Uh. Like, you've just got to roll with it. So he calls you, you know, pussycat or whatever, just tell him to fuck off and roll mm. on. And there was this sort of... I noticed there was this kind of generational divide where it was like, well, we had to put up with it, so you can put up yeah, with it, rather right, than, yeah. hey, you know what, it was fucked what we had to go through. We, let's make sure that mm. you never have to go through that. There was this kind of like, oh, well, fuck it. 
Yeah, you know? it's kind yeah. of like the, you know, yeah. I had to go into debt to be you know to go through university. So why should study yeah. be free for the totally. next generation? I just think that's just a very outdated point of view. Well, you'd hope so. Yeah, exactly. But what I think about things with us now, like how are our kids going to go? Oh my god, you are so outdated. That is such an old school view to have. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I just remember family members saying. Because like when I was in high school, a lot of my mates were gay, and they're like, "Oh, they're putting it on and stuff like that." And it's my, a choice. It's a choice, and yeah, and and yeah, and I had family members going, "Well, they are choosing," you know, and I'm like, "No, they're not. That's mm. not a choice at all." But because to us it was so normal, you know what I mean. But what are we going to be like? That yeah. well, it's a choice. Yeah, like there's going to be so many things where we don't get either. Yeah, I guess there will be, but I get, the question is whether or not you dig in over that. Like mm. I'm, I'm sort of uh, accepting of the fact that there's going to be social and technological changes that I just can't stay on top of, that I'm just going to have to, you know, accept the fact that I'm obsolete, that I don't understand this thing. I'm already there. Like TikTok to me makes me feel so fucking old. <laughs> yeah, totally. It should though. I can't but that's do the it. way it should be. Like I know. That's why I get sort of Sad, so. Though. You know, the, the people who are sort of like freaking it out about like, oh, you know, millennials today, and it's all about pronouns and this. It's like, well, but that's what happens in society. Yeah. The society progresses, evolves, and changes, new things yeah. happen, and mm-hmm. like. You are the one who is actually holding things back. Like, totally. you know, I, I, I saw this interview with um, Freddie Prinze Jr. Do you remember him? I loved him. Married to Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes, married to Sarah Michelle Buffy. Gellar. Yep. And he's such an interesting cat. I had not heard of him since he was like, What's he she's even all that. doing? He's a, well, he's a writer now. He worked, ah. he worked for and a producer and he has his own, he's starting his own wrestling organization, like pro wrestling organization. Because no I was worried about him. That's really weird because I saw a photo of him the other day and I'm like, oh, poor Freddie Prince never watch, went on to do anything. No, watch this interview with him. He's fascinating. He's actually got his head screwed on really well. So. He was this teen heartthrob, right? You yeah, know, and he I loved did him She's so All much. That and you know, he was in the Scooby Doo film and he sort of told this story about they did that first Scooby Doo film, it makes a billion dollars or whatever. It's a Warner Brothers movie. Uh, Warner Brothers at that time, you know, big studio, they'd heard stories about like, oh, you know, this film makes a bunch of money, so the cast all get like Bentleys, you know. And so they're all excited because, you know, uh, Scooby-Doo made all this money and they're like, what are we going to get? What car or holiday home right. or whatever? And they all got given like free Scooby-Doo merch, like oh T-shirts gosh. and mugs. Yeah. And he was like, holy shit. Okay, well, at least there'll be a bump in my pay for the sequel because surely it made so much money. And he said that, no, they went into the negotiations. And he was like, I don't think I want to be in this game where it's like my face is out there. I'm the one kind of like, you know, selling the product, being marketed, being Mm -hmm. exploited, and my value to them is obviously nothing. So he voluntarily took a step back from being in front of the camera and is like, I'm just going to – write and produce and so yeah, that's wow. okay, what right. he did and he that's what he's been doing the last like 20 years or so and he was talking about how defensive he feels about millennials and generation z you know he said you get a lot of people sort of saying our oh, kids today they're so soft and they're thin-skinned and, and he said yeah but that's like 
what happens is the generation before, like it was the same for our parents, you know, they had to work hard and fight for rights and create conditions that made it easier for us to study or for us to get a job or for like, you know, Mm. equal opportunity for sexes and sexuality and all that kind of stuff. And he said, but what you're also not seeing is what millennials deal with that we didn't have to deal with. Totally. Which is the online world. Yeah. He said, in you know, growing up as a performer, he's like, you know, so an actress like Michelle Pfeiffer um, plays Catwoman. And so Mm. maybe, you know, she'd have to read with some article that sexualizes her or whatever. Mm. Nowadays... That same actress who plays like a sexy character is having deep fakes made of her used in yeah, porn, yeah, is having all kinds of like yeah. incel misogyny, like, and is getting bombarded with this information like mm. nonstop. Sure, she can go offline, but that doesn't mean it doesn't still exist and how that permeates into the culture. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, man, Freddie Prince Jr. Yes, is, making some real, is making some real sense here. Yeah, it is. It's true, though, isn't it? And it's just the same. You're like, oh, well, you, you didn't have to deal with this. It's like, it's just changing. It's just the way it is. You just don't want to be that grandparent or that no. kind of, you know, boomer, what will be, the Generation Xer, who's like, thing- I mean, I think it's great to romanticise your youth and the era in which, you know, we had it all. Yeah. <laughs> but that time passes and it'll it pass passes, for these yeah. kids and too. And we didn't. Like yeah. we didn't. You know, like I remember getting the Nintendo and then the family freaking out. Oh, God, then you're gonna, it's going to rot your brain. You're yeah. like, oh, you're watching Home and Away too much. Well, that's what I've got like with iPads with Iona. Yeah, it's hard know? to know the balance, isn't it? Because we did, we sort of weren't really allowed to watch TV in the morning before school. I don't know why. It was an arbitrary yeah. rule. We could watch it when we got home from school on Saturday mornings. But for oh, some reason, connection and breakfast, stuff like that. yeah, but Ugh. breakfast, we couldn't do it. Uh, but then I sort of like, I have moments of guilt with Iona where like this morning, for instance, she was really like, she just woke up because mum wasn't there because mum was at work and she was really distraught and she was crying and I took me like 20 minutes to kind of just bring right. her down. And the best way to do that was like, hey, Paw Patrol, Paw yeah, Patrol. Yeah, Paw Patrol. And I felt guilty about it. I know what you mean. But then yeah. it's like, well, hang on. But I'm sure that my mum on a sick day or whatever was like, just let him watch TV and it's Totally. Fine. And that's their version of that now. But it is. It does make you sometimes when I walk past and I'm like, God, they've been on that for a good crack of time. It makes you feel sick yeah. because it's also so drilled into us. It's so bad for them. But is it? I don't know. We don't know yet. We'll find out when they're all fucked up. When they're older. <laughs> well, I think there's ba- there's balance, right? Like if, if that's all she did, like if that was her, like yeah, if that was her I recreation, totally. balance balance with everything. But you know, she goes to the beach. She hangs out with her friends. You know, she's got a great daycare, swimming lessons, like all this kind of mm. stuff. It's not like she never leaves the house. Yes, but <laughs> yeah, there's still time. It's she also, is three. It's also just that kind of um, what is it? It's almost like that um, Pavlovian response, like. Where she sees the iPad and the iPad, That's they, what they, they, get, yeah, they get fixated on that. Totally, because it's the dopamine, just bang, bang, bang. Nothing gives them anything like that. So we try and have something to set the kids up on after it. Right, but to, to take them off. Take the, them off the crack yeah. and then onto the, <laughs> yeah, and then onto the pot, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because you need, it's to, you need so, to bring them down. Yeah, it is. It's a drug for their brain Did and nothing does it. they play games on their iPads? Yeah, they do. Okay, they so play that's games. That's another level of Totally, right? yeah. They're a bit older though, so... But they are, they're right into games. But one of them, that's how he socialises too. So yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, is it that bad if that's the way he's socialising, chatting on the phone with his buddies, yeah. shooting up stuff? I don't know. When you say shooting up, you're like bad guys. No, right? heroin yeah. as well. <laughs> now, Katie, um, mm. I want to bring up something with you uh, that I don't remember what episode of Show and Tell uh, you were discussing this, but it, it made me laugh a lot. 
Um, but it made me, uh, I think there's a deeper issue about a male body image to discuss. You were talking about J-Lo and Ben Affleck mm. getting back together. Yeah. And you were saying that, like, she is, like, extraordinary, like the condition she's kept herself in, just, like, phenomenal. Phenomenal. And he, <laughs> in these photos at least, mm. had not. No. And you were like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, if your wife now is going to look like that, yeah. you should at least just, like, do a sit-up or, or I, something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> do you not think? Well, I mean, I yeah, sort of. I think if I was him, I would definitely feel like shit. Like she's got a better six pack than me. It's just not fair that he gets to rub J Lo's body and then she's got to rub that. But maybe she's into it. Yeah, maybe. But I'm sure she'd be into it if it was in better nick. So so interesting. You bring it up. Last night I said to Sam, <laughs> "Who's aged better, you or me?" Yeah. And he said, "Me," meaning in, himself. Oh. And I'm like, shit. You're probably right. And he's like, generally. Men age better than women. And I don't think I agree with that. He's like, think about it. Think about men as they get older. I'm like, I'm well, thinking about it and I'm thinking of some big, big ups and some. I don't think it's an objective, there's an objective answer to that. No, there's not, obviously. But at the same time, when it, as a generalization, it's quite interesting mm. to think. It can get you in a lot of trouble too. But I took it on the chin with him because I'm like, he is aging better than I'm aging. Yeah, I think it depends on the person. There's definitely some, well, Here's my feeling on it is that men who there's a greater emphasis now towards like, you know, those freakish fucking bodies for dudes over 45. Guys were still ripped and pumped. Like we live in an era when grandparents and teenagers are ripped. They have like six packs and delts and all that kind of stuff. It it just seems weird to me that you got a grandpa who's super ripped. Yeah. But I think on top of that, there is that kind of like the plastic surgery thing that dudes do now where they get that kind of like they, they'll manicure the eyebrows or they'll have the facelift where they'll get the fake eyebrows. Have you seen? I like, don't know if I really not. So like it so look at someone like a um, Sylvester Stallone or there's a few dudes, uh, Michael Douglas, where they've had like a lift done. Oh, I know, because your eyebrows end up caving into your eyes well, when you no, get Well, no, I think what, what a makeup artist explained it to me because she did Sly's makeup once when he was doing publicity in Australia and she said his real eyebrows – a kind of up here because he's had like a – Yeah, because he or, – or at least higher than where they'd normally be because he's had the skin pulled back and, and tucked right. in. And so he's got like fake eyebrows here. But the fake ones always look – Fake. Fake. How does he cover the other ones in the middle shave of his them. forehead? I guess he has to no. shave them because she had to put foundation over the top of it. <gasps> it's like yeah. um, uh, John Legend's beautiful wife. What's Chrissy her name? Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen got the back of her um, – a bit of the hair removed from the back of her skull and huh. put on her eyebrows because she huh. had thin eyebrows. She went through that ah, right. 90 stage so, of plucking her so eyebrows. So it doesn't grow back when you pluck them? No. Well, if you overpluck, it right. cannot grow back. So she's got hair that's come, <laughs> that's so come from her – no, it was either her bikini – I think it was her bikini she's line. She's got pubes on her eyes. It was one of those things anyway. That's strange. But uh, she has to trim them because, because it keeps hair growing. Work that I mean, it's too long and fl- like you'd need short. You need pubes. You need bri- they, your eyebrows are bristly. Going in for like a pube transplant. But how does that? Yeah, what do they do? They kind of cut the skin off as well, right? Yeah, so they cut grows. the skin off and they put like patch the skin in. It's like that comedian Josh Thomas, yeah, who has that funny accent. He yeah. went overseas, changed his life because he was balding really quite young, got the back of his skull, Very, he's really open about this, mm. back of his skull because if you think of a bald head, there's always a tuft down the bottom at the back. Duck's tail. 
Yeah, so you can get that cut off <laughs> and sewn on the top and then the top of your hair grows. Does that work, though? It works. It, he literally is like, it has changed my life. Yeah. Do you, what do you, what's your vibe on bald men? Like, can you dig a bald man? I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, li- I really like a bald hair. Because Jem is like, thank God you'll keep your hair because she doesn't yeah. know how she'd feel about me if I was bald. I, f- I think it's, I think it's a really real weird. guy Jem's thing. not super superficial, but that's yeah. one thing where she's like, mm, bald. You can't shave. I think you'd look good with a shaved head. Uh no, the problem for me is I've got a really strong cowlick here because I have shaved my head in the past. And when I shape, crop it down, like Beckham style, I get this little whirlpool just in the front of my hair where they're like, it's like- Why did you say Beckham style? So people are just picturing you super hot with a shaved head. <laughs> I don't know. Just, isn't he a famous head shaved guy? I guess who so. Else, who else, like when you think shaved head? Well, Michael not bald. Jordan? No, but he's bald. Like uh, um, Channing Tatum. He goes- No, see again- well, um, of course I'm naming, like, the celebrities really, tend to be the good looking. People. It's like when I did my head and it looked like uh No, I'm naming <laughs> the most famous head shaved celebrities. Name me <sighs> three head shaved celebrities. Um, Not bald, head shaved. Head shaved That aren't hot. Gee. They're yeah. all hot. Yeah, they're all hot. Thank yeah, you. I mean, you're That's going my sal- point. Yeah. I'm as hot as David. I'm, I'm a mix between David Beckham and Jenny Tatum. Tatum. No, you know what I do think? I think a guy should shave their head if they're holding on. That's when oh, yeah, I yeah. think. That's when I'm like, if you let yeah, that go. Yeah, it's like when you look at the 70s when like heartthrobs had like they were bald on top and they had still yeah, like yes, that bit. Yeah, yeah, just around the side. Weird. And I'm always like when I see a guy who needs his head shaved, I'm like, where are your people? You yeah. do not have someone in your life that is like, it is time. Yeah. Like if Sam starts to really recede and thin, I'm going to say, it's time Will now. Will he recede? No, he wa- he's he got okay. such a huge tuft of hair. And he's not that he's not that into looks and stuff, but he if he <laughs> lost his hair, I reckon he would jump off a bridge. I've noticed that my hair is thinner on top now. Like my, I've, I, there's no, reg- there's no baldness in my family, but my, one of my two brothers definitely has thinner hair than the other one. And I caught, you know, sometimes you see like a photo of yourself or you'll catch a reflection at a, at an unflattering angle and you're like, oh yeah. my God, I think I was playing with Iona and I looked back and I could see the top of my head in the mirror and I was like, oh shit, like it's actually oh. thinned out, like the crown has, has widened. So I think there is potential that I'll get, Get on those pills. What pills? There's like a pill. There's pills oh, the, that stop you losing your hair. Something Mahixol or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've got a few friends who. It fucks with your heart. Like if you keep had, your if, hair. Have you got any girlfriends that have had a boob job? Yes. And they always, like in my experience at least, girls who have boob jobs with their girlfriends are really like, hey, come have a feel and check yes. it out and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you know. Yes. Dudes. Yeah. Who save their hair are very secretive about it. They will it. never tell you. It's Men so are very weird. funny about their hair. Speaking of boobs, right? Yeah. I went through a stage where I'm like, I want to get my boobs done. I really don't like them. I've breastfed three babies. They're saggy. They're just shit, right? I don't feel confident about my boobs. Yeah. Did and you used to pre babies? I've never had fantastic boobs, and I'm a boob girl. Like, I love boobs. Yeah. And have I told you this already? No. Last time I was on? No. Okay. So um, one of my good mate's sister had a boob job and she's like, they're fantastic. They're the kind of size that you would want. Yeah. And I'm like, great. Don't know this sister at all, but organized with my friend to do a meet at her oh, house. This does actually sound Drove familiar. over to her house. <laughs> she dropped her top and I'm like, 
they're fantastic. Yeah, they're they what I want. And just looked at a stranger's boobs because it's, I think they're not yours almost. That it's yeah. like, yeah, have a look. Oh, and yeah. she's a really straight 180 girl as well. I checked out her tits and then I left. Did you get to feel them? I re- I, I, I th- can't remember if I did, but I remember th- wanting to. Yeah. I've mm. just, I've, I've got a couple of friends who've had boob jobs and they are generally like, it's like when a girl has a baby. Like, come, you've got to come yeah, around and see the boobs. I would be like <laughs> you've that. Got to come around and see the boobs. I don't think I'll ever do it. Right. I went. I even went and had a meeting with the surgeon and is everything. Is it because the implant thing is just too weird? No, I don't even care about that. I think I'm so. This is getting um, a bit deeper, but I'm so paranoid because I lost mum to cancer that that's my. <laughs> this is shit I've got to work through purely. Yeah. But I feel like I've got possibly in my future there's going to be operations right. and procedures and stuff that I am going to have to have, so why would I do an elective one like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but And also, yeah, now I'm kind of like I don't care as much. Yeah, um, I've often had that question of like if you could, you know, change one thing or, mm. if, you know, what would it be? And I'm not like I don't know. I've always thought that maybe like I could – I mean it was always height. I, when I was growing up, I my two older brothers, one's 5'10", one's 6'3". And growing up, I was like, come on, 6'3". Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I got the 5'10". So yeah. if, I, if I was going to do anything, like if I could break, you know, they break your ankles and they put like an extra <laughs> inch. If I could just tip over six foot. No, you would not do oh, that. What do you mean? Would you do, if you were guaranteed to tip over six if foot. If I had the- to do a surgery. I don't okay, want to. It's not to something. something. But right. uh, if I had to, if there was one part of my physical appearance, which I wish was <sighs> different, it's just the height. Mm. I feel like I'd be, I, I just reckon I'd be so much better looking if I was a bit taller. <laughs> That's so funny. I think I'd be so much better looking if I had really olive skin. I just want olive skin. I'm the so. skin's not I've got so light, much fake though. tan on. Oh, Charlie, right. I am <laughs> so. Yes. I can never but also, it. it's still white. I'm right. so pale that if I don't have fake tan on, people think I'm unwell. But I'm not yeah. like a nice Nicole Kidman white. I'm like a scary, like. Green, look, white. Yeah, I'm translucent. It's foul. Yeah. Why don't you – and you're scared of tanning naturally. I don't never tan naturally, no. Okay. I'm too scared of the sun. Again, cancer, enough, I see. Cancer. Yeah, cancer. No, 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 it makes sense. But I fake tan like nothing else. I prefer yeah. to be fluorescent Well, orange. you know what? Your tan – that fa- if that's fake tan, then that's good fake it's, tan. Oh, I've, I've nailed it. I had to um, – when I did men's health, I had to learn how to fake tan. Mm. And I was like shocked by how much better you look with my Isn't tan. It amazing? I went to one of those like actual like a tanning salon. Yeah. Because I wanted to, I had, the, I had the photo shoot coming up in like a couple of weeks. I was like, well, let me just go early and just suss out what this looks like. And I got the full tan done. I'm like, fuck, you look heaps better. You like look it looks so, so much better with the tan. Good. And then I, I remember when the tan was wearing off, I'm like, oh shit, can I go back? I'm like, mm. oh no. Like I, I didn't want to become that guy. Because you'd get addicted. You do. Yeah. Like I'm full tan. And then I start becoming the dude who's got the fake eyebrows. Yeah, like the, the Sylvester Stallone in the <laughs> eyebrows in the middle of your head. I'm going to look closely at him. Hey, have you watched the Pammy Anderson documentary? Yes. How good's that? How Sly Stallone said to her, you can be my number one girl if you want. And she's like, so there's two and three. He's like, this is Hollywood, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you an, uh, an apartment and a, what is it, like a Bentley or a uh, Rolls Royce or something like that. I loved it. I thought she, I really liked her. After. I See, do too. plucked two. Did you notice her yeah, tiny eyebrows? Yeah, that she, was gonna, I was going to ask mm. that before. Um, yeah, no, I love that documentary. I think she's an, such an interesting character, such a great writer. Mm, That's the one yes. thing that comes out of that. Like she's so eloquent and so self-aware. Like Gemma and I, we both watched it. And even those journals from her being a kid, 
like her self-awareness of like where she was and what she was doing. Yeah. And, like there's this sort of combination of innocence but self-awareness. Like mm. she's clearly not dumb. No. But she's naive. Yes. That's, yeah. that's what I got from it. Mm. Like this weird kind of thing of like how can – well, you'd probably know this. You've probably got friends like this. Like got it together in so many ways but your taste in men yeah. is so – bad yes like is that daddy issues what well, is hands going down, on hers there? has to be because she talks about her family and stuff i reckon it is it has to be everything goes her, back to her the family parents are still together and like yeah, they, but her they, dad they like cl- beat the mum all the time yeah but and... didn't he clean that shit up that that's what i thought they I sort of got to they... at the end of the documentary is they yeah. got their shit together well the mum was like you're choosing men who are treating you like my your dad t- treated me, but the difference is that your dad and I genuinely love each other. We yeah. don't love these men. But it's also too like that. The, the the real sense you got from that documentary was like she was the first influencer, mm. but dealing with all the shit that I guess like influencers deal with now, with no one who knew what she was going through. Yeah, nothing at all. And that's before when we were talking about cancel culture and stuff, it made me think of Pammy because that sex tape ruined her career. Mm. You know, like Tommy went on, he was the king, but for her, because it was the first one, Mm. she lost all roles. She was just perceived as this full, like, dirty bird. And so anything she did after that, she played into that role. Yeah, well, she had to, to to make an income. Did you watch the Pam and and Tommy um, series? It's great. I loved it too. But I thought there was a really, like, like telling scene in that where she has to go, like, she has to go to that deposition when the guys who own the tape are saying, we're going to release it. Mm. And the lawyers are saying, but hang on, you are happy for your nude body to be posted all around the world in in Playboy. Mm. You have no right to privacy. And that was like a legal grounding that they could argue that. And I'm like, but where does consent come into this? I know. It was, again, a different time. But also asking her, you know, more about her sex life and stuff like that. Like the questions that were asked about her then were so full on. Yeah. I mean, part of you hopes that like this documentary will – Give her some money back. Oh, Same. Like, well, she went on to um, Broadway. Yeah, so yeah, that that's was good. Right. I was. Ha- I actually, when she got that role, I felt relief. I'm like, oh, good. There's a bit of money coming in there. Yeah. But that's somebody. She's even said I'm terrible with money, but she would have had so much money, and now you can tell she's got n- not much. Well, at she's all. still. I because I just started following her on Instagram, and she's like, because I think she only just jumped on, so she's already got two and a half million. So God. clearly, the interest in her. Like the, still there. the icon status she has is still there. There must be a way to monetize that well, without her having a good to take her manager of some form, her clothes off. But it, it's funny. Like at some point, you got to sort of I, I, like I've got all the sympathy in the world for her, and I think she definitely kind of got taken advantage of. But at some point, you've got to like say to her, Pammy, like there is a common denominator yeah. in all these terrible life choices. Yeah, and it's you. Yes, you know, and that's not to say she wasn't exploited and what happened to her wasn't unjust, but. You know, she marries the contractor who comes to renovate her house. Oh, my house. God, I know. She marries, marries the same dickhead twice, that uh, gambler guy. She, oh, Rick. Rick Solomon. Yeah, that's right. She's had a lot. She had a lot of husbands. Yeah, and but it's weird that she obviously she clearly loves love but mm. doesn't know what it is or, no. doesn't, or doesn't know how to, how to recognise it. I know. I feel sorry for her. I really, really – it was one of those ones that turned me right around on her. I'm like, oh, I really like her now. Well, you know what was funny was uh, – uh, a couple of weeks after that documentary went out, uh, we were out for we were out for a friend's dinner, and um, we were talking about the documentary. Not just saying how much I liked it, and how I really liked it, and what a great writer she was. And and then later on in the evening, one of my girlfriends is showing me photos of um, Gwyneth Paltrow's 
husband and saying, oh, he's so sexy. So, mm. And I'm like, this douchebag, he doesn't look sexy. And I think my friend, she must have got like annoyed or self-conscious that I'd called out her taste. She's like, well, that's all right, Charlie. We all love – you love Pamela Anderson and I love this guy. And I'm like, oh, I don't love Pamela Anderson. funny. And then she said, you've just been fucking talking about her for the past half hour. She's so smart and she's so this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Jem was there and Jem's like, yeah, I think you do love her. I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. I said, look, I like her and I think she's talented and I think she was hard done, but I don't know that I love Loved her. Yeah, you and love And Jen's her. like, no, no, I think you do love her. And I look, okay, she was a babe. She was absolutely a she babe. She was beautiful. I think that is like indisputable. Yeah, but universally a someone babe. was hot and talented and, you know, maybe hard done by yeah, <laughs> doesn't automatically. No, no, you're not for her at all. Uh, that I'm in love so, with her. You're in love with I her. I got so defensive about it. Did that you? I, yeah, that I'm, I'm not in love with Pamela Anderson. Well, I mean, of course you're not in love with but I mean it's you don't need to be defensive about it. But I also it. think too that she was such a a pop uh, a pop culture icon in our time that mm. it was she was almost inescapable. Oh, like she now was there's a million Pamela Andersons. There's no one is really that famous anymore because no. everyone's so famous. And everyone but everyone kind of does what she did. She leveraged her looks and yes. nudity and whatever and sex appeal yeah. to kind of be this pop uh, culture icon, mm. whereas now Instagram, there is a zillion of those girls. Like there's a zillion hot girls on Instagram oh. who are willing to take their clothes off, but they're so forgettable. Yes. Like none of them have any kind of mystique around them, whereas I guess she was like the first. Well, yeah, because you had to buy a magazine to look at her as I mean, well. I remember buying Baywatch. the first Playboy that I was like 13 and it was oh. such a huge – for the no, articles, of course. No, 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 but just to even <laughs> buy a Playboy. Like, they're not meant to be selling Playboys. I mean, I remember me and my mates, she was on the cover of a Playboy at my local milk bar, and we were daring each other, like, to go in. And I remember I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And, like, having to go in and, like, I bought a pack of PK and then just oh, you been took the so Playboy nervous. and put it on the counter. And I remember, like, the middle-aged guy being like, fuck, all right, sure. You know? Oh, my God, too funny. And just, like, coming out, it's like, we got it. We yeah. got it. And then taking turns. I remember seeing the Warwick Kappa Playboy. A friend's brother <laughs> had it. Pen, penthouse. Oh, I and I just. Is that the one where he was with Joanne? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'd, my, we'd, go, we'd have sleepovers at this friend's house and we'd go into her brother's room when he wasn't there and get his porn magazines and then we'd all look at them at. Um, that night and I remember the girls would get over them quite quickly and I'm like, I've got another three hours of me of looking at this stuff. Like why are we wrapping it up so quickly? Yeah, and on, I'd guys. have to pretend I wasn't that interested but I just <laughs> wanted to look at them so badly. <laughs> that was funny too because like you think about how innocent that sounds now <laughs> compared to what like yeah. kids these days have to deal with and I can't imagine – like the zero to a hundred that kids, you know, can go to now with the internet compared to like it was a soft entry for us, really. Oh, yeah. Warwick Kappa and Joanne was like that my was, entry. That was all it was. I mean, I remember finding porn as a kid that was hardcore. Like I remember it was like a torn, shredded man. Always in a park you find like some porno like and it was like penetration and me being like, whoa. Wow. Because I had not quite – I understood there was a process of penis and vagina. Yeah. But the actual mechanics of it. Yeah. And what that looked like. I'd never. Put your fingers down. Well, please. I, sorry. I think in my head, I imagined that like the man and woman stand upright and, uh, and he just and walks just, towards her like a PowerPoint. And they attach. Yeah. I didn't realize that, oh no, she has to lay, line back and there's like an angle to get it in, it, in at. Well, uh, you saw that firsthand. I saw it. But that, yeah. I remember it wasn't like a. 
it was kind of more of an overwhelming experience. Yeah, it would be. You're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm okay with this. I know. <laughs> this is that looks gross. Is. Ooh, that's what you does read. That hurt? Does yeah, it hurt? Yeah, it does. It would look like does it Does it hurts. look the same when it comes back out? What's going on here? I can't remember where I first saw it. Sex, but I just remember I was all—I was one of those kids that was so inquisitive. Like I'd flip over in the mirror, mm. naked, those kind of things. Did you do that of kind of stuff? Yeah, study yourself. It's Still a do. lot of people. Yeah, same. <laughs> There's a lot of people who don't do it. Like my best friend, I'm the one who told her when we were teenagers, you know there's two holes down there. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of people don't. I'm like, oh, I was flipping so very young. my parents, and this was to my great shame through primary school, they were the parents who did the sex education. So oh, they God. came and did the talks. Well, they were very religious too, right? Yeah, it's a Catholic primary school. But like I would go to school the next day because they did it for about three or four years. Oh, and all Because it's always like the grade fives and six would get the sex education. And all the grade fives and six would go, your mum and dad had sex, your dad. Dad put his penis in your mum's <laughs> vagina. And I'd just be like, yes. <laughs> Lots I'm, of times. I'm one of nine kids. That happened more than once. But I remember like I finally got old enough to be in the, the class that my parent the, the talk my parents were giving, oh, the sex education no. talk. And like how's this? Like I'm the son of the sex education That's mortifying. parents. Yeah. And uh, dad's up there and it's like a, you know, the, the old um, overhead projector and it's like a drawing of a naked man, naked woman, so you can sort of see all the parts. Yeah. And my dad's like saying, you know, go, and so what's the, and he points to the testicles <laughs> and he's like, and what are these called? And I put my hand oh. up and like, yes. Oh. And I'm like, balls. And everyone cracks up oh. and it's like, I'm the son oh, of the would... sex education kid and I don't you even know what no they're called. no idea. <laughs> that is called. so good. Ah. Oh, my God. I can't ah. believe you had to sit through that with your folks telling you yeah. they're not balls, they're testicles, Charlie. But having said that, it was good like because after, after Dad died and because I was about 11 when Dad died, so really sort of coming into like, you know, puberty yeah. a couple of years after God, that. That's such a that's such a full-on age to lose your dad. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, like in terms of that, like, you know, um, discovering women and all that kind mm. of thing, girls, like mum, knowing that I had someone that I could talk to yeah. about that stuff, yeah, like right. she was really kind of like, yeah, like anything you want to talk about. And it must have been the amount of once, – because once she gave me the green light to ask me any questions <gasps> you, you so want. So you were like that with your mum where you yeah. tell her everything. Well, I'd ask her everything. What's sex like? You know, wow. what, what, you know, do women do women masturbate? Do guys masturbate? How often are you meant to masturbate? What happens wow. when you do And she would just very patiently kind of just like give me very – Ask God. <laughs> no, no, she wasn't. She didn't got to fight. She just kind of – she just sort of was very – played a straight bat. But I do remember – Asking her, I wanted to buy a girly poster, like, I don't know, Cindy Crawford or, mm. or you know, Kathy Ireland, Elle McFarlane, one of those girls. Was, I, I'd been to this um, record shop and they had, like, posters and it was like a girly poster and I just was like, could not stop thinking about Hilarious. this poster. And going home and saying to mum, like, can I buy this poster and put it on my wall? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, cool. You didn't ask if you could wank it. No, no, no. Oh, my God. No, Thank but I God. think the implication was, there. was like, enough. hey, Charlie, because my sisters were, you know, because I had like five older sisters were all living at home time. Once they saw that poster they got, they're like, let's just avoid. Yeah, don't go into Charlie. Knock. the door's shut, let's just oh, not go. How old were you? Oh, like it would have been, yeah, like 12. Yeah, because I've started knocking now on my son's, and I know he's not there yet, but I just really want to make sure I don't. Ever see anything? 
Well, even if you do, like it, I don't want to. See you don't that. want to, but it's like it's not the. I mean, it's not the worst thing, is it? No, but it's not the best thing. I'd prefer not to. But you can still like give a speech to his twenty first, even though you've got that image. Yeah, I just yet. don't know how. You don't have to bring it up. Yeah, no, I don't want to thank you anyway. But no, I'm going to keep knocking. <laughs> keep them innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't think my mum necessarily wanted to talk about those things, but she was very. Well, I guess she kind of realised too that there was no man in the house, like that she had to. Because I had my older brothers weren't, they'd moved out by then. And so I was really going to her for all the kind of. You want that though. Like, I think that's beautiful. I want my kids to talk to me. I think it gave me a much more well rounded view of women. Well, totally getting your advice from your mum as opposed to your dad. Yeah, because I was going to an all boys school. So I was getting fed misinformation all the time. Constantly. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting. Like Jem says that she can always tell when she meets a guy who grew up without sisters. Right. Like a guy who's grown up with only brothers. She said it's just a different energy. There is a different. I agree with that. I really agree. Whereas I feel like I have a lot of female friends very mm. comfortable, mm. you know, like if Jem wants to have girlfriends around and it's just me, it's like fine. I've never, yeah, like, you, you know, are. some dudes get. You're like a both. You're a, a girl, a, girl a girl's guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Because, because there's some guys that it's really uncomfortable around. Do you know what I mean? You know they don't know how to be around women. Where if yeah. you've grown up around women, it's just like well, whatever. they're not different. <laughs> the yeah. Thing. Like they don't know yeah. how to be around women. It's- well, we know how to talk and have a conversation. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like we're not like an alien where, shit, what am I going to talk to well, I think there. Well, I mean, I think some guys too, like it's with the best intentions. It's almost like a, um, you know, like a courteous kind of thing of like, oh, well, I need to put women on a pedestal or they need to be talked like this so I can't just have a relaxed conversation like this. Like it should always be polite with, you know, a sense of distance and I don't want anything to be misinterpreted. Like I'm not saying this is good things, but Mm. the intention behind it is to be polite. You know, yeah, I'm sure that, but it is it is just funny when you're around a guy who it's like, oh, you got it, you're not comfortable here until Sam gets here, and yeah. then you'll talk normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's funny. You can tell the difference. I would, I would say, but Sam's like that. Sam's a girl guy. To- well, he grew up with three sisters yeah, right. as well, and a really strong mum, and I think that it he he can tell. Having a- said that, though, like that. Party I was talking that dinner party I was talking about before with Pamela Anderson. Yeah. Oh, geez, it's but that still was sore, like isn't it? four gu- four guys, four girls. But we did split along gender lines. You know, you always do. We always do. Well, Jen says it's just in Australia. She reckons in like going up in the UK and stuff, and in Europe, it's much. You don't. More, you sit with your partner, and well, no, it's Sam- much more mixed. It's like you know, it's not. It's not split down. She said when she came to Australia, that was the first time she ever went to a party. And Where it was boys one end, girls yeah. the other. It's It still happens all the time. And every time we go out, Sam's like, I don't want to split tonight, but we always end up splitting because you do. I naturally want to chat to my girlfriends and yeah. then the guy. So we'll maybe start where it's like one, 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 and then towards the end it always splits. I think splits. it's fine as a warm-up. Like even Jem's birthday lunch, we did that. Sam was there and it definitely was like all the boys down one end. And then the girls and the other. But then there was a natural kind of assimilation yeah. where we all we started mixing up towards the end. But I think it's a comfort level kind of thing. It's funny though, that. isn't it? It's funny it's an Australian thing as well. Didn't yeah. I just guess we haven't known any different. But sometimes I am like, no, I really want to chat to him, but I'm down the other end of the table. A mix is good, mixing it up. Yeah, I'm going to a birthday party in in a week or so with a lot of people that I don't know. Like Ooh, I, I know the person. God, good who's, luck. That's my worst nightmare. Oh, it's not, I'm not worried about it, but it'll, I'll be interested to see. 
I know I, I, I don't know just as many women as, as the men that I don't know and, it, and it'll be equally split so I wonder who will you gravitate towards yeah that's interesting I think at first it'll be the dudes because mm. I can always talk football mm, that's yeah. always like it's just a common thing it's an it? ace up the sleeve mm. as Jen, we, we, get, we just talk about periods and that's <laughs> shopping a and boys shopping can, and what, I love your nail colour <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is like an it's an like it's an entry Constant point to any conversation isn't it? is sport whereas i mean with yeah i guess that would be the one thing that maybe i wouldn't know the entry level with women that i didn't know cuz some mm. women might be kind of into sport as well some might be more like if you i'm talking about ice breaking conversations yeah ice breaking if you bring I would up go the pammy documentary they might not you know no don't do that to start with I yeah, it's funny, isn't it? What's your icebreaker thing no, to the opposite estate. sex? <sighs> weather, yeah. real estate. Weather, don't go weather. Okay, but kids is generally, I think, a main Va- connector. Yeah, <laughs> especially va- up here. Vaccines. <laughs> so we all yeah. got boosted, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many boosters have you had? <laughs> Too funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think um, I'm going to try and go in with an open mind because I don't. I'm like you. I like to. I like to mix it up a bit. But I think that go the girls first. See if the. Do oh, you think that? No, go the girls first. Everyone I can. knows you're happily married. Who cares? Do it. Go the girls first. Yeah. And well, they don't know me. They don't know I'm happily married. They might think that I'm unhappily married. They yeah. might think, "Oh, this dude's here, trying to pick up." <laughs> no, I don't think. Who's the party are you going? Are you friends with the guy or yeah, the girl? The guy. All right. And I'm for well, I'm friends with him and his wife, but mainly him. Uh, um, is Jem going too? No, Jem will be away by then. Fuck, I'm so nervous for you. I feel sick. That's, oh, I'm, I, I'm quite that's... looking forward to it. I also think there's a kind of it's good to be sort of unencumbered when you walk into a party and you don't know anyone because I don't mm. have to have any kind of bullshit catch-up conversa- conversations Yeah, either. no, you're right. You're right. And I can leave at any time and no one's really going to be putting pressure on me to Stay. stay. No, because no one even knows if you're there or not. Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, I think it's. I'm, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I think that I will. I will. I'll go in with an open mind and try and kind of. Mm. If it happens naturally, where I can sort of gravitate. If the girls are in one side and the boys in the other, but they all might be mixed together. Maybe they're more progressive than you and I. At this party, yeah, maybe. Who I won't name because it's a celebrity. I'll tell you off. A there. celebrity's <laughs> party. He lives up here. No, doesn't live up here. He's coming up here for a holiday. Anyway, Ooh. we can talk about it off air. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for coming back on Fofop. Do you want to plug show and tell? Yeah, go to uh, my podcast. And you know what? Because you came on my podcast a few weeks ago and it's I was surprised how many crossover listeners we've got. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm quite a few too. people. So was I. Yeah, right. Um, so it's show and tell online and I Well, just, just think of this as a bloody hour-long episode of show and tell. If you loved uh, what you heard two and a half weeks ago, you got, you got it plus. Yes. L- less talk about death and uh, yeah, we got hallucinogens. Deep, didn't we? Yeah, we spoke about drugs and death on that. But um, I do it with a couple of my mates and it, it's – look, we That's speak shit. That's a great shit, show. And basically. I saw Luke Darcy was giving it a bit of a pump up this week. Yeah, my friend – my um, best mate who I run it with works with Darcy and was on his podcast. It was great. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a nice summary of what, what – I mean, it's funny. What the, that, that clip she put online, what he was saying is exactly that kind of gender split where he's like, oh, listening to your conversation, I felt like oh, – yeah. yeah, like Shouldn't have been in the yeah, room. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of awkwardness. Uh, but I don't feel that awkward around you, Katie. I feel very comfortable telling you anything. Well, thank you. Apart from the name of my celebrity friends. Yeah, except for that. We'll talk about it off Okay. There. Turn them <laughs> off. Turn the mics off. All right. Bye. Bye.
listener.